This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gunungurra and Tharawal nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their Elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Westwards podcast for today, Saturday, August 28, 2021. My name is James Roy. I'm a writer from the Blue Mountains and I'm also a program manager from Westwards. Now, when we first started doing these uh, fortnightly news, views and interviews podcasts about almost 18 months ago, I think, I used to lead off with a bit of an introduction to what Westwards does, who we are, what we're all about and so on. For a while I did that every fortnight, but over time I've done that less and less after all. I don't think frequent listeners need the full preamble, I just want to get on with, with what we're talking about. But today I thought I'd provide a bit of a recap for anyone who might be new to the podcast and to Westwards. So Westwards is a literature development organisation based in Western Sydney. What does that mean? Well, first of all, let's be clear that we're not a literacy organisation. That's a very different thing. Just to define these things, literacy is the ability to read and write, and there are various organisations and entities set up to provide just that schools for one I guess but there are very uh, other very important organizations that set up programs to assist people in improving their ability to read and and write and thereby do all the things that literacy allows you to do communicate better collect and understand information better express yourself read for enjoyment read the subtitles on the bottom of the movie that you want to watch and so on and so forth now our executive director Michael Campbell uses the shopping list as his best example of of how this can work. Uh, he does this far more eloquently than I can, but basically he says that the ability to write and or read a shopping list so you can buy the groceries you need is literacy, but that a poem written in the form of a shopping list falls into the category of literature. And of course that is a loaded term in its own right, since literature is a word that implies quality and, and value, which is of course a very subjective call. But if you think about it, a shopping list can tell the reader a great deal about the person who wrote it without saying it out loud. Of course, literacy and literature are closely linked, but I think it's a distinction worth making. Westwards is unapologetic about the fact that what we offer people who take part in the programs we offer is primarily about literature, be it understanding it, creating it, developing it, sharing it. Or defined in a slightly different way, it's about storytelling in all its forms. That's the definition I like to use. Of course, there are so many different forms of storytelling out there. As an example, let's look some at some of the forms we explore in some of our programs. And keep in mind that these are only a few of the programs Westwards offers. The Westside Poetry Slam is for, well, it's for slam poets. What is slam poetry, you might ask? Well, that's an excellent question. It's a very performance-driven form. It tends to have a certain emotional, self-expressive flavour that can be hard to define. It, it seems to be as much about getting a supportive audience in the room as anything else, which has made it tricky when nobody's allowed to be in the same room as anyone else. But 
as with all things, we found a way around that online. Uh, then there's, but then there's Poets' Corner, which is curated by David Odez, in which he interviews highly respected poets of a more conventional kind of poetry. And you'll notice that I'm not placing a value judgment on either of those genres or forms of poetry, because while I do have a personal preference for one over the other, and I won't say which is which, but I do have a preference, what we do at Westwards is very much about what the community wants and needs. It's not about the preferences of, of the people who, who put the program together. When we were allowed to be in the same room as one another, we did a lot of public events such as Hemingway's Polydactyl Kitten Club and Speakeasy, which was a spoken word event in Katoomba, and it was really reliant on people being in the same room, and it hasn't really managed to survive uh, COVID and, and lockdown. Who knows? We, we hope it'll come back at some point, but at this stage it's not really... We, we attempted to do it online and it worked to some extent, but it, it didn't really have the same kind of... Uh, momentum that that some of the other programs have had to transition in that way because in 2020 a lot of these programs were forced online which isn't a terrible thing in the sense that we have access to, to guests from outside the immediate vicinity uh, and we can also easily reach an audience that is outside western sydney and this goes for our online readings of new work which are added weekly to our westwards official youtube channel as well so there's poetry, but there's a lot more than that. After-school writing groups are, again, not about teaching reading and writing skills in the literary sense, but rather about helping young people who are interested in creative writing develop those skills. Likewise, the LGBTIAQ plus group, uh, the African-Australian writing group, and the various other groups that we convene, such as holiday workshops or the writing group masterclass series we're currently running through Campbelltown Library. And we also run competitions, usually in partnership with local councils. On a more individual level, we also offer programs for practitioners at various stages of their development. We have a residential program partnered with Varuna in the Blue Mountains, offering mentorship and writing space and time for four diverse writers from Western Sydney. We have the Emerging Writers Fellowship for three early career writers, the Pinarolo Residency for picture book illustrators, and we're always looking for new ways to expand these for other stages of career, such as, as mid-career. And while we're talking about helping creators develop their skills, let's not forget our mini masterclass podcast series, which now has over 40 half-hour episodes, digging down into various aspects of what we do as artists. The last one was from a 30-year veteran of the Australian publishing industry, Erica Wagner, talking about how to pitch your work to publishers. And I really recommend that to anyone who thinks that they might be at the stage where they can think about submitting a work to a publisher. The next one will be about using your library to its greatest potential, which of course is a bit different now than it would have been two years ago. But as I say, there are over 40 of these mini masterclass podcasts, and we're in the process, to, process of also shifting all of those onto our YouTube channel as well, just duplicating them over there so that anyone who is still a bit unsure or nervy or jumpy about this whole podcast thing, and it wouldn't be you because you're listening to a podcast right now, but anybody who isn't sure about the whole podcast thing, can still enjoy what these episodes offer. And we don't want to forget the kids either, so the Clubhouse is our kids' website with a, a guest blogger each month, plus trolley loads of things like online workshops, readings, drawing demonstrations, the current one is from Mitch Vane, opportunities and all the rest of it. So that's just some of what we do at Westwards, and it does sound like a lot, doesn't it? Well, guess what, it is a lot, especially when you think about the size of the area in which we operate from the from the inner west and Parramatta out to the upper Blue Mountains, 
up to the Hills District, the Hawkesbury, down to Campbelltown and Camden and beyond, as well as all those other massive LGAs within those boundaries. We're talking about big LGAs like Liverpool, Blacktown, Penrith, Fairfield, Canterbury, Bankstown, Parramatta. It's a lot, huh? It, it is a lot. Uh, it's around two and a half million people, just in case you were wondering, which is... Uh, about 10% of Australia's population living in, in that space. It is a bit sprawling, but it's also a, a, a lot of people are living that, in that particular space. And these people are from something like 180 countries and around 100 different languages. Many of them are the primary language spoken at home. Uh, Western Sydney is also home to the largest Indigenous population in the country, with multiple language groups represented across the region. And it goes without saying that every one of these groups, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, comes with its own stories and histories. Stories from places that they once called home, stories from the places that they now call home, stories about family and, in, and friendship and isolation, about joy and grief and sadness and hope and happiness and, and everything in between. Western Sydney is a fascinating place, and I don't say that lightly. Sure, it has its problems, of course, but uh, nowhere in the world's Nowhere else in the world is the multicultural experience done quite like it is here. And we, we really feel that's worth celebrating. And we really think it's, uh, it's, it's worth exploring through the experiences and the, and the literature that comes out of the people who live in, in this area and share this area with all of us. So that's a really brief rundown on who we are, what we do and where we do it. I know I've almost certainly missed some things out. So the best thing to do if you want more information would be to go to our website, which is westwords.com.au, or get in touch with us through the contacts on, on that site. Again, westwords.com.au. And as several groups have done in the last few years, if you think there's something we could do to help you develop literature or storytelling in your particular sphere of interest or your particular circle of friends or, or, or community or culture... Please don't be shy, get in touch and we'll see what we can do to make that happen. Something we do most times on this podcast is our birthday shout out and today it is the birthday of John Betjeman. John Betjeman was born on this day, August 28th, in 1906. So today he would have been, oh, 100 and what? What's that? Make 115. And uh, he was the British Poet Laureate from 1972 until his death in 1984. He was passionate about architecture, particularly Victorian architecture, and was instrumental in saving St Pancras Station from demolition, which I'm sure anyone who has been there will agree would have been a truly horrible mistake. If you want to go to Google and type, if you haven't been there, go to Google and type St Pancras Station into your images search and have a look at that place and then ask yourself how anyone could have gone. We probably need to knock that down. But they didn't and he was instrumental in making sure that didn't happen, which I think is a, um, a, a great uh, thing to, re to be remembered for. He once said, quote, and I think it was the outline of that church tower at Belau against the sky which gave me a passion for churches so that every church I've passed since, I've wanted to stop and look in. So yes, he wrote about uh, and spoke a lot about churches and buildings, but also the countryside and topography and the seaside and the rest. And being a poet and a very good poet, he never seemed to just write about one thing at a time, like buildings or the countryside. 
there was always an underlying statement. There was always something more he was trying to say. It was, uh, uh, he always seemed to be trying to get the reader to think, which is kind of weird because he did say at one point in an interview, uh, he said, I'll just find this quote because I found it kind of interesting. He said, I ought to warn you that my verse is of no interest to people who can think. Now, I don't think that's true. I think he's being very self-deprecating. And we know that he could be self-deprecating because he also said, I don't think I'm any good. If I thought I was any good, I wouldn't be. Which is something we've talked about on this podcast before, the idea that the people who are constantly trying to improve and understand that there are knowledge gaps and things that they want to do better, that they tend to be the ones who, uh, who do produce the work of, of, of greater what's the word I'm looking for, importance or relevance or, uh, or power. And this is the case in, in most forms of art, I think. The, one, the minute you start believing your own publicity and start to believe you can't learn anything more, then, that, then you're no longer uh, growing, you're now declining, and that's not something any of us want to do as artists. So let's take his most famous poem, Slough, which was, funnily enough, made extra famous by David Brent. Uh, the Ricky Gervais character from The Office, who, as in most things, managed to completely misunderstand what the poem was saying. So here is the poem Slough by John Betjeman. Come friendly bombs and fall on Slough. It isn't fit for humans now. There isn't grass to graze a cow. Swarm over death. Come bombs and blow to smithereens those air-conditioned bright canteens, tinned fruit, tinned meat, tinned milk, tinned beans, Tinned minds, tinned breath. Mess up the mess they call a town, a house for 97 down and once a week a half a crown for 20 years. And get that man with double chin who'll always cheat and always win who washes his repulsive skin in women's tears and smash his desk of polished oak and smash his hands so used to stroke and stop his boring dirty joke and make him yell. But spare the bald young clerks who add the profits of the stinking cad. It's not their fault that they are mad, they've tasted hell. It's not their fault they do not know the bird song from the radio. It's not their fault they often go to Maidenhead and talk of sport and makes of cars in various bogus Tudor bars and daren't look up and see the stars but belch instead. In labour-saving homes with care, their wives frizz out peroxide hair and dry it in synthetic air and paint their nails. Come friendly bombs and fall on slough to get it ready for the plough. The cabbages are coming now. The earth exhales. Someone was making this point the other day that if, if humans were to disappear tomorrow, and let's face it, we're doing our level best to make that happen, the natural world wouldn't mourn us for very long, if at all. It would just kind of carry on or, or exhale, as Betjeman says. David Brent wasn't alone in getting this poem completely wrong. In researching this, I found a number of very angry responses, some written long after Betjeman's death from people decrying his celebration of violence. Their words, not mine. Which, of course, it wasn't. It wasn't celebrating violence at all. But that's how art works, isn't it? If you don't leave room for your audience to get the wrong idea, then you're probably not doing it terribly well. Besides, he also wrote this, which similarly sounds like a call for violence, but isn't, not if you think about it for more than a few seconds. Gracious Lord, O bomb the Germans, spare their women for thy sake, and if that is not too easy, we will pardon thy mistake. But gracious Lord, whate'er shall be, don't let anyone bomb me. Which was, funnily enough, more or less re-released by Bob Dylan some years later as the anti-war anthem with God on our side. 
So happy birthday to John Betjeman, who gets the last word. He said, too many people in the modern world view poetry as a luxury, not a necessity like petrol. But to me, it's the oil of life. So let's get to the news for this fortnight from Westwards. The first thing I want to talk about is something called the kindness pandemic. Now, the kindness pandemic uh, is a group of over half a million members who are committed to intersectional kindness. They've kind of come to the view, and I, we, I think we all agree, that at the moment what we all need is a, a good case of positivity. Uh, the journal and the gratitude challenge of the kindness pandemic was started last year by a 13-year-old called Kofi Aden, who, who wrote, uh, participating in the gratitude challenge helped me to really concentrate on those things I may have taken for granted before. I really looked at my day and realised all of the things that made my day happier, easier and more fun or taught me something. I became more aware of my feelings and my gratitude grew. So what we're doing in, common, in partnership with the uh, kindness pandemic is encouraging young people to create their own gratitude journal and, and share their favourite excerpt with Westwards and the Kindness Pandemic to help share kindness and gratitude through these pretty difficult times. So if you want to download the journal or learn more about it, go to thekindnesspandemic.org or you can just go to westwards.com.au and we, can, uh, we, we have a link there for you. Or you can uh, follow the links there to call Cheryl, who is one of our staff, uh, or email Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L, at westwards.com.au for any questions. And, and basically what happens is you read how the journal was started, download your own copy of the journal, share your favourite excerpt over the coming weeks and months, and keep an eye out for your writings because they'll be published on Westwood's socials and the Kindness Pandemic members page, which anyone can join. And it's about building habits of gratitude and kindness. So thank you to the Kindness Pandemic people for including us in this. We're very grateful. And we hope that we can be a part of this uh, movement to celebrate the things that are positive rather than just despair at the things that aren't. Now, I talked earlier on about uh, opportunities. And so we're coming fast up to the last opportunity for anyone who is a, a children's book illustrator who would like to take part in the Pinarolo Illustrator Residence. It closes this coming Tuesday. So uh, if that's, that's the 31st of, of August. So you've only got a little bit of time now to get together your support material. All the details are on our website. But basically what this is, is a week in residence at Pinarolo, which is in Blackheath, run by the wonderful Margaret Hamilton and her husband, Max. And we have partnered with Pinarolo for a number of years now to do this. And uh, this isn't limited to people from Western Sydney, although applications from Western Sydney people are encouraged. The place is reserved for a week in November, but there is some flexibility around that. So if you're an emerging or early career illustrator, you can uh, apply for this, but yeah, you're going to have to move quick because it all comes to an end on Tuesday. I mentioned the clubhouse earlier, and R.A. Spratt, Rachel Spratt, is, who wrote Nanny Piggins and Pesky Kids and Friday Barns, she is now coming to the end of her time in the clubhouse, and we've been really grateful for all the wonderful work that she's done in, in the terrific insights that she has shared and they'll all remain on the archive for anyone who is interested in in uh, 
seeing what she and other writers, Tim Harris, uh, Oliver Pomervan, Jacqueline Harvey, these uh, people have uh, all been guest bloggers and their posts are all on the archive uh, for per- in perpetuity, so you can go and have a read of them there. But Rachel's there for a couple more days and she is then being taken, um, not taken over, she, she's handing the keys over to Pamela Freeman. Pamela Freeman is a friend of Westward's and she is also a recent winner in the Children's Book Council Awards. She wrote the words for the winning book in the Eve Pownall information book category. Uh, the book is called Dry to Dry, The Seasons of Kakadu. It's a beautiful book. And it was illustrated by another good friend of ours, Liz Anelli. So that's pretty exciting, I think. So she's going to be coming in at the beginning of the month. Uh, and we'll be sharing her views and her insights and her wisdom with anyone who wants to get on there and have a chat with her, comment, and she will reply. And uh, go back and look at all the other archive work that we've, we've got uh, stored away on there as well. So I talked about the Pinarolo Illustrator-in-Residence. We've also got a couple of other opportunities coming up for people who are, well, they're not coming up, they're open right now. The Merrill City, Merrill, sorry, the Blacktown City Merrill Creative Writing Prize is still open if you live in the Blacktown City LGA. Fisher's Ghost Writing Prize, if you're aged 10 years and above and live in Campbelltown City local government area. If you live in Penrith, you're eligible to write for the Penrith Locktown Life Writing Competition. All of these have money attached and all sorts of prizes. I think the Penrith one for the for the adult winner, you get an iPad as well. And uh, then there's the Blake Poetry Prize for 2021, which challenges poets to explore the spiritual and the religious in a new work. And just so you know, you don't have to be of a particular faith, you can be of no faith at all. We recently did our census, and if you're one of the people who ticked no religion, then you're still eligible to write for this. You can talk about why you don't have a religion, or why you miss having a religion, or why you wish you had a religion, or anything else in that whole pantheon of spirituality and and faith. And there's proper prize money attached to that, but uh, it's it's attracting entries very quickly. In terms of the things we have new on our digital uh, offerings, we have the readings that I talked about earlier. We've got many, many, many of those, but the most recent one is from David Brooks. David Brooks is a he's a successful poet and writer, novel, uh, novelist, non-fiction writer. He is also uh, he's been a lecturer in literature at several universities including Sydney University and his new book Animal Dreams is coming out and it's a it's full of thought-provoking essays about how humans think dream and write about other species and he examines how animals are featured in Australian international literature and culture from the Manda Snowy River to Raina Maria Relke and the uh, Turin horse to live animal exports veganism the culling of the native and non-native species in this country And he's an exceptional writer, and he considers how private and public conversations about animals reflect older and deeper attitudes to own another species, and what questions we must ask to move these conversations forward in what he calls the immense work of undoing. So you can go to our website and find, or our YouTube official, Westward's official YouTube channel, 
and uh, find the reading on there and then go and buy the book because it's very good. We also have Poets Corner. As I mentioned earlier, Poets Corner is curated by David Adez. And this month he is talking to Juan Garrido Salgado, who immigrated to Australia from Chile in 1990, fleeing a regime that burnt his poetry and imprisoned and tortured him for his political views. He's published eight books of poetry and his work has been widely translated. He's also translated works by a number of leading Australian and Aboriginal poets into Spanish. And his most recent book was called Hope Blossoming in Their Ink. So you can get on the website and go and find Poets Corner with David Adez or once again go to YouTube West Words Official. So that's it from us for this weekend. I'll be back in a week with the next mini masterclass podcast and I'll be back with this particular podcast in a fortnight from now. But until then, stay safe. Please follow the instructions in the place where you are living. Try and get vaccinated if you, if you haven't already. And we just want to get back to being all in the same room so we can enjoy live music, live poetry, hanging out with family and friends and doing all that elixir of life stuff that we are all missing so much. So please stay safe. And as we always say, happy creating. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.